If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. You know, every every student athlete that we have here came to to be able to to play the game at an uh, at an elite level, but also to get an incredible education. And you know, within this family, we, we are bringing that all inclusive approach. And uh, the growth that I've seen from this team is it's it's been truly special. And you know, that's what the, to, to be able to respond to some of the adversity that has shown up, to be able to follow protocols, to be able to sacrifice some of the things that that um, you know you might desire to do at times, to to make sure that we're doing things the right way, to be able to provide that opportunity it's been uh, it's, it's been a true joy to watch that is mike norvell florida state head football coach you know what we're talking about cliches in sports last week i think it was i kind of feel like this whole adversity of covid19 will be kind of like <laughs> A cliche, and that, no knock on the. Listen, what else are you gonna say? Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, is that tangible enough for me? It's tangible on the interior. It's a big thing. You've been a part of this stuff, this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. If you're building culture, those things are important. Mm-hmm. Just don't think it's valued as much outside. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, okay, great. You know, I've heard 4,500 teams around the country say that. Uh, <laughs> and they were, and, and half of them are going to go three and seven. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, so it, again, it's not a knock on him. I, I think it is important internally for the culture part of it to, to see that and to, and especially by the way, for Norvell and Florida State because of how they got off on the wrong foot with Marvin Wilson mm-hmm. and others. It's a kind of, rally and and collect that and now be moving forward still how important do you think it is for florida state to play this year in year one would it be damaging if if right now florida state was part of the big 10 and pac-12 and not playing now listen the acc could decide not to play but right now they're saying hey game on we're rocking and rolling yeah how how, if if some play and some don't Mm -hmm. how important is it that Florida State and Norvell being in year one are in the some play category. See, I think, and there's two theories here, right? You can say, well, he's still trying to build this culture. He hasn't had a lot of time, so you don't want Florida State to play because you want more time. You want to give them confidence. So week one, they come out, you know what to expect of them. That's the one school of thought. The other side is saying, well, listen, this is kind of, I don't want to say it's a throwaway season, but this season is different. Everyone's kind of at the same advantage right now. Yes, you have a brand new head coach and everything. And yes, that's COVID-19, but you still want to go out there and see where you're at. I'm from the latter, Brent. I truly believe with, with Mike Norvell coming in here, this is, well, I've said this before about Wilson. This is the bridge season. Okay. This is, Wilson's a bridge player and this is a bridge season where, out with the old and in with the new. Now, yeah, maybe you're not going to have quite possibly your your best offense out there. You're not going to have all your players out there, but you can start to ingrain some of the beliefs and some of the culture and what you want to see. And when you plant those seeds this season, well, then you you go to next season and the following season and you grow it into what you want. So I think this season, from a cultivating standpoint, from a planting your seed standpoint, you want to see guys play the game and you want to see how guys are reacting to what you have to say. Well, here's the deal. Here's the confusion part, at least from the outside. 
inside. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's more of a feel inside. And if you if you put a lie detector test on it a couple of years ago, folks would have rolled their eyes at it. Who knows? But I'm going to take you back to Willie Taggart. And if this was happening in the Willie Taggart era, when things got going, you'd be like, hey, man, I can't wait to see that offense. Mm-hmm. That's a bummer. You can't see that offense if they don't play. Can't wait for that. Uh, can't wait. This guy's going to recruit. Uh, the positive attitude, the mentality, man. Willie Taggart, Willie Taggart. That's what people will say. Whether you love the hire or not of any of these guys, there's always positive energy and momentum going when it first starts. Yeah. So what I'm what I'm getting at is when you saw him out on the football field that first year under Willie Taggart, people started like, oh, boy. Yeah. You know, that was like a huge red flag. And it's like, whoa. Uh, and, and it only lasted a couple of seasons. That maybe is the importance of seeing something out on a football field here for Mike Norvell, not for only Mike Norvell, but for administrators at Florida State, for boosters at Florida State, for fans of Florida State, for recruits that might go to Florida State and for the players at Florida State. Yeah. Well, and listen, if you're a Florida State fan right now, the last thing that you have to go off of is last season. And guys were getting penalties. Guys weren't lined up properly. And it, it was still some of the, you know, it was the same stuff from Willie Taggart. So with that being said, until they got let go. So with that being said, you want to see it this year, regardless of how many wins you're going to get. I think, you know, expectations are pretty run of the line. Yeah, you know, maybe. Lukewarm. Yeah, lukewarm, let's just say. Great, great call. So expectations to win the ACC obviously aren't there right now. But what you want to do if you're Florida State and what you want to do if you're Norvell right now is you want to put out a product that shows discipline and a culture change, right? Because I remember when we sat, um, it was before a shrimp game, and we were talking about the, the Jacksonville Jaguars taking the Baltimore Ravens, that preseason game. And I came in to that show frustrated. And what was I frustrated about? The penalties. I'm like, if they don't clean up these penalties right now, it's going to last the entire season. Well, lo and behold, Jaguars is the most penalized team, um, you know, of the entire year. So it sticks with you, right? And right now, I think just the lack of discipline. And keep in mind, when Taggart was gone and other guys took over, you saw maybe a little change of that, but you want to see it for a whole season now. You, you want to see consistency, and that's what Mike Norvell can accomplish this year with Florida State. All right, one more college football topic, at least for now, because uh, right now ACC, uh, Big 12 schedule came out. September 26th uh, is going to be the start date. There's a, there's heavy thought that that will be the date for all of them. Uh, it looks like that could happen already. It was going to be the case for SEC. Still haven't seen an SEC schedule. But uh, they're rocking and rolling for now until evidence tells them otherwise. And, and they all acknowledge there could be a pivot. Mm-hmm. But for now, they're moving on with the way they had it planned. So we'll see what happens uh, with those schools. We've talked a, a couple times now over the last couple of days about the spring stuff, mm-hmm. about the idea of a spring season. saw an interesting article on ESPN today uh, about uh, spring college football season and trying to make it work. Yep. Here's some of the thoughts. Top pro prospects will opt out. They say quite a few already have, and more are likely fall or spring. We are going to be moving forward without some of the sport's biggest stars, and the spring would likely have more opt-outs than the fall. Absolutely, right? But that's without a that's doubt. a given. Like Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence aren't playing in the spring. No, can't imagine. No. Now Ryan Day from Ohio State said, "Hey, the hope is to let's get let's start as quick as we can in January if we're going to do a spring thing." By the way, Ohio State also said it's been vocal, said they're not going to pursue anything in the fall. They're going to we'll be ready to go in the spring if that's the case. But he said, "Let's try to do this as quick as we can in January." You know why he kind of said that? It's because if I if I say, "Hey, Justin, yeah, you can play January, February, and March." <laughs> and yeah. still be in line for the draft. Yep. 
Well, I might have a chance to keep my quarterback. Correct. <laughs> so it makes sense for Ohio State. Yeah. But no doubt we're going to see more opt-outs if that's the case. Heck, we could have The Rock come in and steal anybody, everybody anyway. It could happen. Uh, a spring season conflicts with the uh, the draft. Uh, the the story here is it does. Maybe the NFL could be persuaded to move the combine and draft back a few weeks. Getting more film on guys uh, is good. If the draft remains in April, there's no NFL combine. It would be awkward. Still, Major League Baseball draft happens during the College World Series. doesn't have to be a make-or-break issue. I well, fall in that, too. Now, keep in mind, the, uh, I think the collective bargaining agreement says it has to come by June 2nd. Uh, we, we've talked yesterday or two days ago about could you play that season and then go enter the draft? Somebody referenced it like hockey does uh, in that yeah. sense, basically playing in your collegiate season. or And, and baseball is another good reference to that yeah listen in terms of the combine might not being prevalent I, i've been on this show firsthand saying you know how much should we buy into the combine in terms of the numbers of the bench press the 40 yard dash i get all of that but the combine still serves some purpose brent and i still want players to go to the combine and showcase not only their football smarts but obviously their physical skills as well i'm reminded of a guy like byron jones okay byron jones i believe went to the university of connecticut now, you can turn on the film and watch Byron Jones all day. Film is the most important part. But guess what? He plays at Connecticut. He better dominate the competition when you play at Connecticut, right? But what does he do when he goes to the combine? He breaks like a world record of a standing broad jump. I think it was like 12 feet something. Well, you just propelled yourself, sir, for maybe a sixth, fifth-round pick. This, you know, this intriguing cornerback out of Connecticut to a bona fide first-round pick because you jumped out of the gym, okay? And to, to be fair, he's produced ever since right so there was something to say with those numbers so once again i always say that teams go off your film in terms of where they want to draft you in terms of where they rank you but the combine gives you an opportunity brent to put yourself over the top agreed uh and you've done it before so yeah. you've lived it yeah uh okay what else we have how do we know the coronavirus situation will be any better in the spring listen we don't uh, that's a that's uh, in fact i'm convinced that it might not be Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you're going to get a spring season just for that. But here's the problem, though. So let's assume right now with the, with the Big Ten and the Pac-12, let's just say it's only those two conferences that go to the spring, okay? And then let's say the SEC, um, you know, the, the Big 12 and the ACC plays this out. Now, we don't know how it's going to look, but let's just assume that they play it out. Regardless of a national champion or not, they play it out. Well, let's just say that it doesn't get better. Well, let's just say maybe it's peaking and uh, there's actually another surge of a pandemic of people getting sick again. What what do you do then if you're the Big Ten and Pac-12? Do you just say cancel the season? Yep. Unless, uh, and what they bring up here, and that's what they're hoping for, is there's yeah. some kind of rapid result testing or a vaccine of some sort. You sure. buy yourself more time in the medical world no, over I, the next few months. No, I understand that. And I totally understand that. I get that. Or, but, by the way, to get your dang ducks in a row that you couldn't do for the last four yeah. but, months. No, I hear you, man. But I'm just saying... If you forego and obviously wait till the spring and the other conferences, they play their ball, is it even worse optics when you wait till the spring? The other conferences have already played. Now it's like, well, we took a gamble, and guess what? It's actually worse now, so we're going to opt out and not play at all. To me, that makes you look a lot worse. That's why I don't understand the decision being so early. Sure. You've already got kids on campus and athletes on campus. I don't understand why it had to be made right now. Well, and, I, and the SEC and, I agree with you and Big on that. 12 are saying that. Yeah. Just hold off until you until the last moments. Mm-hmm. It's okay. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you got backdoor channel and communications going on with networks and all this other stuff. That's fine. I do not understand why on August 10th and 11th, 11th it was, we had to make this decision about something that could have started on September 26th. Sure. In, in, in a world that we're living in right now that seems to change by the day. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't understand that part of it, to your point. Okay. Um, but they have pigeonholed themselves now to that timetable somewhere in the spring. Uh, which the next shoe to fall would be to either delay it even more, which doesn't seem to fit, or just say, we're done. We're just not doing it uh, this this uh, sports year. Yeah. Uh, weather, they bring up in this, the weather's going to be bad. I would say who cares about the weather. I'm not going to talk about it. If it's bad weather, so what? It's playing the snow. I don't care, man. Yeah, I, mean, I like snow games. Yeah, that, that's, that's fine. It's, it's not me playing it. It's fine. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else? Um, how can you care about player? This is the big one, right? How do you care about player safety and then ask players to play two seasons in one calendar year? So two I probably rest- preached that about, I don't know, 25 times. You said that. A lot of people have <laughs> said that. A couple days ago. Now, listen, before I even read this part, what I have said is I, like Ryan Day, not because I have Justin Fields, but like Ryan Day, would try to play in the early stages if I can. Trunk it if you need to, which means shrink the amount of games to eight or ten, whatever it is, uh, based on, on the time frame you have. And then I would also likely push back the 21 season by a month or so and not start on week zero mm-hmm. and start maybe in the early stages of October. I do think this pandemic is going to alter the calendar for some 18 months moving forward in some sports and some of everything going on whether it's sports related or not and so that would be the the, at least the logical fix to me here's what they say playing in the spring could absolutely affect the 21 fall schedule you might have to delay the start of the season by a certain number of weeks that's kind of what i just said again any solution to a a, a wicked problem is a one-off and will have unique set of effects i agree i mean we know this is unique times try to make it work as strange as it sounds even with the spring season players will end up taking fewer hits over the course of a year or so uh, in this case, March 2020 through April 21, than ever before. Ready? Under mm-hmm. normal okay. circumstances, they would have had a full set of 2020 spring practices, a 12 to 15 game season in the fall, another 15 practice spring session in 21. Granted, they'll take more hits in the spring of 21, but in terms of short-term versus long-term effects, there's nothing guaranteeing that the traditional structure would be any safer. And I've said that as well. That goes so, to the point of what they're trying to say is they didn't have the normal spring yeah, this past year. Correct. So their their bodies have are, are healed. Mm-hmm. They're not taking as many blows and hits. They're now not playing all in the fall. So they're getting this rest and, and conditioning and recovery and just as in a training mode okay. before they put their bodies through the rigors of this. Then they normally would go into spring practices anyway again. In 2021, culminating with a spring game. Mm-hmm. And as I've said before, the intensity will not be near what it will be in, a, in an actual season. Correct. But your games now are not 12. You're not playing 12 to 15 games. They've already shortened the season to a, at, at most 10 games, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Well, then you roll over into 21 and you're playing now that's 12 to 15 game schedule. So you take the accumulation of the two springs and a fall 12 to 15 game season. Follow me? Pretty much. And you put it into like an 8 to 10 game season in the spring. Yeah, That's I got your you. Trade I got off. you. I got you. So are you actually hurting the body more? Are you actually playing two full seasons within a 10-month span? 
like I've said, elongate the calendar a little bit, truncate the seasons if you need to, mm-hmm. squeeze them in. These are unique times. This is not some you are, you cannot go into this saying we need to do things the way we've always done it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I couldn't agree more with that part of it. I understand that's a great argument against a spring season. Mm-hmm. I think there are ways to around it, uh, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things around it is 2020 will be a year where if you don't play in the fall like the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, quite frankly, it didn't even take a hit. Did they mention at all competing with college basketball? Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, I don't see it in here. No. I mean, there's a, this is a long article. Yeah. They also say, how would spring football work? Said, keep the schedules as they are. Simply move them. Go back to the original eight or nine game conference schedule. Uh, have division only play, followed by a conference jamboree, they suggest here. Uh, have division only play, followed by an expanded college football playoff. Well, there we go. We get expanded college football playoff. Oh, NCAA, not going to like that. Yeah. Uh, but I like it. Uh, so, again, there's some good arguments in here. It, sure. It's a great debatable topic. Mm-hmm. My gut on this, and you're not included in this, I bring, and that's okay. I'm not saying everybody across the board. But I said this two days ago. I retweeted it at our conversation last night about it because it continues to be a topic, and that's why we're bringing it up again today. If you are part of kind of the college, if you were born and raised on college football, mm-hmm. sometimes what I call the good old boy network in a way, and I, I mean that with all due love and, and respect. Uh, Which means he doesn't. <laughs> but if you were born and raised on college football, mm-hmm. you have a major problem with spring, is is my guess. Mm-hmm. If if you if you separate and can allow yourself to separate yourself from that and you say we're in a pandemic, we're trying to get stuff in, trying to get these kids to play and use their academic eligibility and their sports eligibility. Yeah, we're trying to get money because that's what football brings in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go out of my way and do anything that we can do, even if it's not the norm to get it in. If you say it that way, to me, the spring makes some sense. And that's what I've been saying all week long. Was there any mention about the studies of, of student-athletes and how classes work? Didn't see it in there. Yeah. Well, why would there be? Because who cares about student-athletes? It's all about athletes, man. We're not worried about the student part of it. Well, to be honest with you, now, here's... Do, are you... Uh, I'll, I'll finish what I was going to say first, and then I'll yeah. ask you this question. What I was going to say is, from a... Student, if you're struggling with your studies mm-hmm. or in the fall while you're trying to play football and you're traveling and you're, that, that's the mo- when, when you were in season in college, whether it was me in Division Two baseball mm-hmm. or you at Murray State or somebody playing at Alabama, the trickiest part of your academic schedule is your in season. Without a doubt. Well, these folks, whether it's soccer players in the fall or football players, mm-hmm. now have a chance to really get ahead this semester. And take care of their studies. Now you're always going to have it. You're going to have oh, it in yeah. season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you can really lock down the studies to some degree uh, right about now. Sure. But I mean, that's to assume that you can rechange your schedule and everything. I mean, usually those schedules are already that locked. That is true. In, that's you know? a good like, point. Usually too. you're already good to go. Like, usually you take your minimal amount of credits yeah. during that in season. That's fair. And, and they're just going to be like, oh well, oh, since you're not playing football, let's go and add some more. Like you know, I don't know how fair yeah. that is. But. Yeah. Well, my point being, everybody should do well this fall in school. You have the sure, time. Sure, exactly. Okay? Great point. Uh, or, or at least if you put the effort in, you you don't have as much conflict. It's a great point. Uh, yep. But I guess you could have said the same about the spring if you're not playing football, right? Correct. So maybe that's not as a great a point as I 
thought about it in my head mm-hmm. 30 seconds ago. <laughs> You're uh, good, man. <laughs> the, the, the question now has become, students are going to campus. Mm-hmm. They're on campus. I mean, most students are. Some, well, most. Some, some, are doing some schools are doing virtually. But a lot of these kids are going to school mm-hmm. from Knoxville, Tennessee, to Gainesville, to Tallahassee, to all over. And the NCAA is allowing the coaches and the players to continue to do their thing. Yep. Like it's an offseason, like 20 hours a week, and get your drills in, get your workouts in. Uh, they're going to do the protocols that, that exist at their schools and institutions. Yep. They're doing all that except for playing games on Saturday. But well, again, now let's let's change that narrative just a little bit. They're do yes. So there are there are students on campus right now. There are people working out. Um, you know there are people maybe socializing. But let's be honest, you can you can set up parameters to quarantine those. I'm not sorry to quarantine to social distance those people. Like obviously right now with students being on campus at some universities, it's not going to be the same as it's been. You know, there's going to be, you know, I'm sure a student sitting over here, then six feet apart, another student. So like they're setting it up so there'll be social distancing. Obviously, I think if you go to the gym, if you work out, if you go see, you know, like the team doctor or something like that, if you go get some treatment, there are parameters set up for social distancing. The problem comes whether it's volleyball, college football, anything in the fall sports. You can't social distance really when you practice. You can't social distance um, when you play in a game. And and yeah. to me, that that's the biggest difference. Yeah. If there was some way to do it, I'm sure they would have done it. But obviously, you can't do that. It. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, and even in the NFL, that's what they've done until this point. Mm-hmm. See, the testing is at one percent in the NFL, mm-hmm. and they just said we're going to continue testing daily. That's one of the news uh, the items that came out of the NFL today. Yeah. But what we have yet to see is a full-fledged practice and then the results of that, to your point. Correct. And that's more concern, more risk, probability of risk. You know, the great debate, the, the, the comeback here by so many is, oh, you don't think kids are going to go to a party on Thursday night? <laughs> well, yeah, they probably will. Well, I mean, look at what happened to Rutgers, right? Like the whole hashtag, we want to play. Did you want to play when you went to that party in Rutgers? Yeah. Were you guys thinking about playing then? Or are you thinking about hitting that, you know, that $5 red solo cup with some beer? I mean, but, you and, know. And, and so the argument to it, and listen, it takes an enormous amount of responsibility by everybody involved right now to do what you're supposed to do mm-hmm. to avoid the probability being higher. Yeah. And some people do, and some people don't. Ask the Marlins, ask the Cardinals, ask Rutgers and others. Yeah. But... Now that there are no games, you do wonder. I don't think it's clear as day just because they're having drills and they're still monitoring and protocols. There are going to be more rogue players now on a football squad for some college. I say, all right, I'm going to that party on Thursday night. I don't have to be ready to play on Saturday. I got to be ready for drills on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what well, I mean? No, there's going to be that, but also even if the, if you are playing football, Brent, there's still going to be some of those people, right? Because the Miami Marlins showed us that, the St. Louis Cardinals showed us that, Lou Williams showed us that. Regardless of how on the same page you are, regardless of what's at stake, you're always going to have the outliers. You're always going to have the guys, let's call them the bad apples, if you will, that want to do their own thing. And that happens with any kind of subset of society. That's just that's just the way society's set up. Yeah, it's right? not uniform. It is not uniform. And obviously, 
we talk about football teams where you have more players than a baseball team, you have more players than a basketball team, to me that's where you have to get nervous because there are, and mark my words, there's going to be some guys on every single football team, whether it's going to be the pros or college, that maybe they're going to go out for a couple drinks. Maybe they're going to go out and socialize a little bit when they shouldn't because that's just human nature and you can't stop human nature. So to me, that's where... You know, my stress would come from. That's where my worry would come from. Or I get what you're saying, man. Where <laughs> we're gonna play football this year? Then I'm gonna go out and party. Why not? What else have to lose? But I'm even more worried about the teams that do have something to play for right now. Yeah, I, I think uh, I know that's a common argument. It's not really my argument. It's just a common argument against it. It's a valid point, and it's a, it's a debatable one. Mm-hmm. Uh, where is the cutoff? Why is the edge? It's kind of like why did the NFL go to 80 players say you could practice together and 90 players you can't? <laughs> I I, I'm like that still baffles me, and I don't know if anybody could give me a, an answer that would satisfy me. You know, and I think the debate here on the college can is like, okay, so everybody's allowed back at this institution and we can even do drills and we can do all these things. We're going to continue to do protocols, but we can't play. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of the way it comes off. And well, I don't have a great answer for you on well, that. Th- that's just it, Brent. You don't have a great answer. I don't have a great answer. Any college football expert right now that's not in it doesn't have a great answer. And to me, that's the problem. It's the transparency, yeah. right? Like, we're sitting here picking apart the Big Ten. You know why? Because you announced a schedule, and then a couple of days later you said, well, season's canceled. Sorry. Why? Yeah. Tell us why. Yeah. Tell Close us what was behind it. it. Barry Alvarez, uh, did you yeah. see that? Yeah, uh, yeah. He had like a four-minute thing that he put. they pushed out on yeah. social media. And I thought it was pretty good, you know. Mm-hmm. from uh, It's a football guy now. Oh, and yeah. keep in mind, he's in the, an AD seat yep. uh, where he can't just talk about football. Soccer and other things are mm-hmm. important, and, and you got to make sure you – which they are, mm-hmm. but we know football is a 60 to 80 to $100 million importance. Yeah. So I thought he did a pretty good job of explaining. Listen, uh, if there's it was a great job by them or the Big Ten to encourage it, mm-hmm. if there's an AD or a, or a person in, in power mm-hmm. in a university that wants football to be played, it would be Barry Alvarez. You're not lying, man. And so guys like the godfather of football in Wisconsin, having him be that spokesperson Mm -hmm. to come out and say, we try, we just can't get the answers we're happy with. Yeah. Uh, And I I just don't understand why the Big Ten commissioner had to come out and say it the way he said it. I know. Like like he wrote that statement in March, you know, and and the one other thing I, I would like to see the conferences do or the schools do, just acknowledge for once. Why is it such a harsh acknowledgement that you're losing money? Mm-hmm. You're making, yeah, like if I was the Big Ten and Pac-12, I would have added that in. How much do we care about the student-athlete? How much are we concerned about this? We're willing to lose X amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. We're not doing it just for the money. And that's, by the way, not a pat on our back. That's how important we think this is we value our student athletes yeah Yeah. that's how scared of this thing we are Mm -hmm. i mean money can help you put it in perspective sometimes oh that's a i mean listen money listen in terms of ranking of who's doing well who's not doing well money's the ultimate ranker well and we all know right now everybody's fallback and i don't i don't think this is actually true right down the list but everybody right now is like the Big 12, ACC, and SEC, man. They want those dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm like. That's what everybody is right. For sure. And, and it, money's part of it. I, I just like to see somebody acknowledge that it's a part of it. Yeah. I don't feel like we're getting a lot of that. Yeah, it's almost like it's kind of taboo. Like no one's talking about but, the money. But, again, but that's always been my problem with the NCAA. The NCAA yeah. is yet to acknowledge that college football and college basketball are big business. Yeah. We're a non-for-profit, blah, 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 blah. 
We care about student-athletes in all sports. We present them with this opportunity in all sports. But let me tell you this. In college football, in college basketball, it's about the damn dollars. Yeah. Well, listen, you, you care about the money. Just not student-athletes making the money right now. But you better start caring about that because that's going to change pretty soon. That's probably why they don't say it because they acknowledge it, then they open that door, right? Uh, I'd still rather hear it. I hear you. All right, I'm going to get to the youth and the Jaguars part of the conversation. I'm going to tie the Jacksonville Jaguars in to Colin Morikawa and Fernando (laughs) Tatis Jr. It's next. You just can't get off that Colin Morikawa bandwagon, man. You're all bored. Man, PJ Champs. You're all aboard it. We're working with uh, Coach Anthony Tumbarello down there. Uh, got a lot of good work in. Obviously, speed was a big you know, area of emphasis down there. Maintaining as much strength as I can, you know, to put as much on the ball as, as possible uh, with my current weight. So we had a lot of good work, and uh, now I'm glad to be back with Coach Milo uh, in our weight room here. Continue that process here. That is Gardner Minshew, Jaguars quarterback. All right, when you were playing... Do you remember an off-season where you put in a lot of work from uh, losing weight, gaining weight, gaining speed, maybe a change in diet, uh, whatever it was, that you couldn't wait to get to camp and see how it played out? And, and, and by the way, did it work? Um, in the pros, or can I go college as well? Yeah, I guess in your playing career. Yeah, so probably, well, there's two instances. One was when I got released from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Kansas City Chiefs had first dibs. I've told this story before a little bit. But um, I get released. Three days later, I get a call from general manager at the time, uh, Phil Dorsey, I believe it was, right, Phil? No. Glenn? Uh-huh. Dorsey? No. <laughs> it's, it's Dorsey. Oh, yeah. It who's is the, Dorsey. The, and now uh, I'm blanking on it because you got me thinking sorry, man. Jim and Glenn. Jim Dorsey, Glenn. I'm looking it up right now. It's, it's good job. with Cleveland. The guys from Wisconsin, we too. John Dorsey. Bowl, John. There we go. Well, sorry about that, John. <laughs> so John Dorsey calls, calls me up, and um, first thing he says is, better put on 25 pounds. Well, thanks for the welcome. It's good to be a part of your team, the Kansas City Chiefs, but thanks for the welcome. So, yeah, had to put on 25 pounds. Um, needless to say, when you have essentially three and a half months to put on 25 pounds, there's no easy way of doing it. Now, if I wanted to do steroids, I probably could have, and that would have been a little easier. Probably would have looked a little leaner, let's just say. But I was first team all dad bod, man. I was, I, I was a chunky monkey, let's just say. You know what I'm saying? So actually, I, I made weight. I made 285 pounds. Um, and I just remember being out there the first day, you know, we're just, we're out there with just helmets on. And I'm like, oh, I feel like I feel bloated. I just man. feel like I feel gross, man. Uh, yeah, so that sucked. And then the other time I can think of was my sophomore year going into my junior year at Murray State. My freshman year at Murray State, I was 205 pounds. 205. Started my very first game, my first college game. Kevin Smith might have been more than right? that. So my, my very first college game. Week one, we played Missouri. I was starting defensive end, left defensive end at 205. Going against an all, what was it? It was, it was the Big 12. Where were they at? What were they well, at? at the time, they might have been the Big 12. Uh, the Big 12, yeah. So going against an all Big 12 right tackle. How do you think that went for me? Now, I got a sack against Chase Daniel, and that was cool. But overall, how do you think that went for me, Brett? <laughs> pretty pretty bad. bad, exactly. Sophomore year, 215. How do you think that went for me, Brett? Not too better playing safety. Exactly. Thank you very much. So, and keep in mind, like I try to gain the weight, man. I was at the cafeteria all the time, trying to put on the calories. Just my body wasn't having it. Well, 
Going into my third year, and keep in mind, this is Murray State, and I love Murray State to death, obviously. Um, I have so much racer pride, it's not even funny, as people are probably annoyed when I talk about it on the show. But in terms of nutrition, in terms of supplementation, we didn't have that access, okay? We're an FCS school. We're not Alabama. We're not USC. We're not, uh, you know, we're not Florida. We don't have the protein shakes. We don't have. So what I did was, because once again, don't have a clue about nutrition, is every single night right before I went to bed, I ate a can of Spam, I would fry that up, and I would put it on two cups of white rice, mix around with some ketchup, salt and pepper. And that was my, my, you know, I'd eat that before I go to bed at night, every single night. Apartment smelled like absolute crap, but it is what it is. <laughs> Roommates had to deal with that. So I did that, and then I discovered this thing called creatine. You know what creatine is, bro? I do. Creatine is, is um, it, it does a couple things. It obviously, it pushes your workouts a little harder, helps with recovery. But the big thing, especially back then when we were talking about the GNC supplements, is it keeps water weight on, mm-hmm. right? So I went from big two... Big wrestling thing. Exactly. So I went from 215 my sophomore year to about 245, 250. My junior year. Wow. From eating spam and rice and ketchup and doing creatine. How about that? Yeah. Now, did I look that great? Probably not. Wasn't, you know, it wasn't the, the talk of the town in Panama City Beach for spring break. That's okay, though. Because as far as the weight was concerned, dude, I felt great. And I was probably as strong as I've ever been. Interesting. That yeah. That's what's uh, fascinating about kind of your position. Most people try to lose weight, whether it's a new football season yeah. for me or like Minchie, what he's trying to do and Add good weight. Yeah. Uh, funny thing about defensive linemen, offensive linemen, they're just trying to get fatter. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. like you're trying to get, who's trying to get fat? Yeah, yeah. Like nobody other than offensive and defensive yeah. linemen. Yeah. Yeah. And tie. Yeah, like who's who's <laughs> trying to look worse during beach season? We are. Yes. That's our job. Yeah. But that's what, what, the uh, reason I brought that up is off the Minshew talking about speed and other things that he did yeah. in the offseason. I wonder that part of it how he feels and how he'll play with the changes that he made. Because yeah. a lot like anything else, you feel a little more confident. That's good. Yeah. Doesn't matter if I can tell or you can tell, whatever. If he can tell and it and it feels good, well that's a little extra confidence, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, look good, feel good, play good. It, it can be a real thing. Yeah. Well and keep in mind too, depending I mean it can have great effects on just your recovery. It can have great effects on, you know, your your longevity of your career as well. I mean I'm always reminded of Greg Jones. I don't think Greg Jones ever touched anything from McDonald's or Burger King. Meanwhile, every single day, I'm going to Panda Express, downing two orders of General Sal's chicken, just because that's what I did. <laughs> Greg Jones, on the other hand, is eating chicken and broccoli every single day. Now, you look at how Jig- Greg Jones looks, that makes sense, right? That's I think what chicken and broccoli does. That's what chicken and broccoli does. And, right there. and you know weights. what? And, and a lot of weights as well. But And, hey, you know what? Genetics, I hope. Genetics as well. So with that being said, obviously, he had a pretty long career and he had a pretty storied career at the fullback position. It all goes hand in hand. All right. Uh, interesting. Hey, Jay Gruden talked today, and I brought this up earlier in the show, but when Jay Gruden talked to the new Jags offense coordinator, former coach of uh, the Washington football team, uh, former offensive coordinator at Cincinnati Bengals, I'm sitting there in the Zoom meeting listening uh, after practice, and I'm telling you, I can only hear – I can hear like for I don't know if I referenced or heard it the first time he met the media as much as I did this time when he was really talking football. And I can hear John Gruden talking because we can all hear John Gruden talking because not only did we know him as Tampa Bay Bucks and Oakland Raiders and now Las Vegas Raiders, but we watch him on TV. So you hear that voice, right? Mm -hmm. A, A lot. But now I don't know which one's real or which one's Frank Caliendo either. Yeah. Like that's where I'm at in the in the John Gruden or in the Gruden family of voices. Yeah. 
which one is Caliendo, which one is Jay, which one is John. Mm-hmm. So Coos pulled a couple of, of sound clips. It's time to guess that Gruden. <laughs> now, usually we have like the whole fan base, you know, yeah. chime in with that. Yeah, no, but yeah. But, that you know, coronavirus, good. we can't let them come in. That's a good point. Uh, is Caliendo the older brother or younger brother? Uh, he, stepbrother? He, he, he be, uh, I'd say the kind of black sheep, probably stepbrother. Yeah. Let's call him the stepbrother. All right. Hope he doesn't mind that. Yeah. Uh, so, Kuz, you got to play as – he picked short clips is what he told me because he didn't want yeah. context clues. Yeah. Uh, which hopefully we won't get, but that might be hard to avoid. So you're going to play – One of each. One of each. Just go back to back to – or should we – one of each and then we did pick or should you go back to back to back? What do you think? Oh, I'm so confused. Let me just—I say we hear it and then we guess who it is. You want to okay. hear all of them, or no, you just, just go one no, at a time? One at a time. Okay. One at a time. Here is the first one. Ability. He's got coverage ability, and he's—he's he's what we're looking for. Got but it. Don't tell us if we're right or wrong. Okay. Okay. You know what the first one you're going with? Yep. All right, I do too. I'm not going to say it. Go ahead, next one. Okay. Things might have started out a little rocky, got but it. after a little while, we got started it. seeing eye to eye, man. Got it. Okay. And the last, last one. one. Had a lot of meetings. Got We've it. had a lot of walkthroughs before we actually practice full speed. John Gruden, um, Frank Caliendo, Jay Gruden. I got him too. That yep. is correct. I got him too. Yep. You can kind of tell the Caliendo got a little, he got a little squeakier John Gruden impression, <laughs> doesn't he? A little See, bit well, of helium going. Well, yeah, well, Caliendo is, oh, wow, I have some helium going too. <laughs> after I just had some <laughs> little lunch there. Um, excuse me. Caliendo, he over-exaggerated, though. You can tell, like, hey, I'll tell you what, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Hey, 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 man. Like, he, he goes above and beyond, yeah, as he should, as because he should. he's he's trying to mimic it. Things might have started out a little rocky. After a little while, we started seeing eye to eye, man. <laughs> like, that's, that's great. Yeah. He's it's embellishing so a little bit. I love it, though, love man. It. Do you think Caliendo could, like, listen to your voice for, like, the last segment? Yeah. And then, like, if we called them up, he'd be able to spit it back oh, out. Oh, I guarantee you. Some people are just that talented. Like, I mean, Caliendo can do anybody. Truth, truth be told, though, I, I feel like my voice isn't that hard to do. Like, my wife can do a great Austin Lane. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. She makes fun Should of me all the time. Should we call her up? <laughs> call her up sometimes. Like, but, like, but it's, like, so over-exaggerated. Like, oh, check out my shoes. I'm, I'm cool. I'm Austin Lane. Like, that's what she always does, man. But I don't know if it's really that accurate. Maybe it's just more just making fun of me. Well, you know, I think it passive, is that. Passive-aggressively. I don't think it sounds maybe, like that. Maybe when you have a little chit-chat when I get home, <laughs> yeah. now that I think about I it. I say keep it up, Cody. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, she, she's a pretty good Austin Lane, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's good. So, John, Jay, and Frank Caliendo, the stepbrother. Uh, yeah. of the Gruden's. That's awesome, uh, though. We, we, it's, now, can you play John and Jay back-to-back, Coos? Because it's pretty darn close now. It is. Yeah, here uh, we go. Ability, he's got coverage ability, and he's, he's what we're looking for. We've had a lot of meetings. We've had a lot of walkthroughs before we actually practice full speed. See, the thing is, I think you put on the same microphone. And it's identical. Well, that's I the think, problem. That's too. right. The ones it's a Zoom, different. I think the one's a Zoom call and like a good recording because it's from yeah. like a yeah. few years ago. So the tone of it's a little different. The tone's a little different. That's crazy. Though. That is wild. That's insane. I mean, you are you have a couple sisters, right? Yeah. Do you guys sound alike or not? Probably not, huh? I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. Nobody's ever told me that. Who's you? Because you have a pretty distinct voice. I've been told, like, there's times where like, I'll laugh or, or I'll say something and they'll think I sound like my dad, but never my brothers. Gotcha. Hmm. Do your brothers have like deeper voices or higher? 
I would voices. say they is, are... Is, is there more bass in their voice? I, I, or knew, we were gonna, more trouble? I knew we were going to get to the Wizard of Oz well, hey, somewhere in hey, here. I mean... <laughs> but seriously, though... I think I took all the helium in the family. <laughs> treble coups, man. Treble coups. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, hey, I, one of the great stories of this week in sports... I hit on it yesterday toward the end of the show. Like, this West Coast bias. If you go... if you Like, a lot of people might not know who Colin Morikawa is is yeah now they do he won the pga championship but if you know sports and if you pay attention he's been out at cal and and he you know him mm-hmm. uh I, I don't know if golf works that way because i mean they play all over the globe and, and all over the country but we said this about mike trout on countless occasions heck i think mookie Betts will get buried out in la to some degree i mean they're the dodgers but still I, yeah. I think he'll get lost in conversation. Listen, Mike Trout has been lost in conversation. Then I think Betts will probably be too. Sure. Fernando Tatis Jr. for the Padres is a special talent, man. He is fun mm-hmm. and and good. It's just a great ball player at a young age, but he's a lot of fun too. Uh, you know, even Russell Wilson, does he get the love that he deserves being out in Seattle? You know, yeah. So there, I do believe there's a West Coast bias. And is it real? It's not our fault. You play the game so dang late. Uh, I mean, we can't all watch it. True. Yeah, but, but that's I mean, not our fault. But was, was there like a when Steve? When I say our fault, I mean like fans. Yeah. Right? But like, was there like a Steve Young bias though, Brent? You know? I mean, and I get like We're talking different eras now. But like, I think football is a little different though. Because, yeah, because you play, while, even if you play in the West Coast, you're playing at four o'clock. Correct. And there was a time for a while when Marshall Lynch was probably the biggest name. Well, and Joe in Montana all is considered yeah. the best of all time before. Yeah. Uh, but what I'm saying, I, I think it's harder to hide in football than it is obviously baseball. True. But yeah. to that point, college football programs get lost all the time out west. True. Uh, because again, they're on late. It's one of those mm-hmm. things. Much like baseball, even the NBA, LeBron probably is, and, and well, the pandemic certainly mm-hmm. um, has allowed them to play all on East Coast times. Even if they're playing later at night, it's it's a nine o'clock game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I just think there is. I, I think it happens. That's not the main part of the story. The other part of the story is Morikawa's 23. Fernando Tatis Jr. is like, I don't even know. I think he might be 20, 20 or 21. It's amazing how good players are young now. And that's been a trend. People, Tatis Jr. is 21 years old. 21. Yeah. So, And he's a <laughs> star, man. He's a star. Congratulations on being able to go to the bar and have a drink. Yeah. Now, Griffey, the biggest star in San By the way, Diego. Griffey oh, yeah. was like that, right? Yep. 19 years old, and yep. you knew he was already a star. And, and maybe he didn't get his all's due early on because of Seattle or whatever. Um, but just a young guy. Trevor Lawrence comes mm-hmm. right in and bam, mm-hmm. lights it up. Uh, Manziel was like that, mm-hmm. right? So these guys, it's like you can't be too young anymore. In sports, it doesn't – you can perform. Now, I also think that doesn't eliminate the old guys. No. Oh, Drew Brees and Tom Brady, uh, Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods, Jim Furyk, you name it, in golf. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Murphy's still lighting it up at 34 years old in the big leagues mm-hmm. in terms of hitting. There are – it does not eliminate the old guy. But there is no such thing, in my opinion, as being too young anymore. To be a star and to be productive. Listen, I think that's a testament to to just the way kids are these days. You know, when kids say or when parents say, man, you're getting so old. Like, 
that's not a mistake. Like, I remember like, when I was a kid, Brandon, like, I'll be honest, I didn't care what I looked like until I got to high school. I mean, I, I looked like an absolute bum. I didn't really, I wasn't really like, that self-aware. Like, I had other things in my mind, you know, but like kids these days, they're so self-aware now. They're, they're tied to all the trends and you have all the social media and everything. And by the time they get to high school and college, they're well mature beyond those years. Now, they might do some dumb stuff like kids do, obviously, but I just think like when you put them in terms of pressure situations, they know how to handle it because they're more mature beyond their years. Like I think of like the Olympics. Watch the Olympics sometime. Katie Ledecky, I think, was what, 15 or 16 years old when she won the gold medal in swimming? Excuse me? You're on the biggest stage and you're 16 years old? You can barely drive? You, you couldn't even drive the Olympics and you're winning gold medals? Like... Gymnastics has been like Gymnastics, that for a long time. You're right. Yeah. Olympics are a great. That's a great call. Yeah. That's been like that for a long time. On the biggest the stage. Youth, but also another one where it doesn't mean you just because there's this youth movement doesn't mean you have to eliminate age. Yeah. Because Phelps and Ledecky and still got it done even down the road. Yeah. I want to talk more a little, a little bit more about it. Why is it happening? And then I want to equate it to the Jags. How can it be an excuse then? I like are, are we done with? We're too young. We're the youngest team in the NFL. Might be an advantage. We'll talk about it next on ESPN 690. If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. 